0: Something, some stuff that I really want to share with you today that's just really been on my heart. And, uh, but first I got to tell you a couple of funny stories. Is that okay? I mean, I know we're just kind of like family. So, but this is, this, this is good. This week I was having lunch, actually Friday I was having lunch with a, a new friend of mine. And we're talking and he's like, Brandon, you have no idea. I have listened to your CD. Uh, and I've listened to your CD from last week three times. And he said, it has been such a blessing to me. And he starts just going on and on about the message. And I'm like, my goodness. And I didn't think it was very good. And so he's just going on. And I'm thinking, wow. And then he goes, but i got to tell you, and don't take this the wrong way. And I was like, hmm? And he said, uh, he said Brandon, he said, the reason I like it so much is I would put it on at night on my, my earphones before I would go to bed. And he said, man, you know, it was just like going to sleep. I just go to sleep so fast. And, uh, and I thought, well, praise God. I'm the cure for insomnia, you know. And you don't need Ambien, you just need one of my messages. So, and, and so, Bo, I thank you for that. I really do. I appreciate that. And I, I have come to learn that, that Bo, God has sent Bo into my life to keep me in line. Because how many of you were here the day I told the story about the guy at the rate department that broke in front of me? Some of you are here, right? You remember this story that we were in line at Picture Day, which I'm sure was dreamed up by the devil, um, Picture Day, because you're trying to get to ball games. Everybody's in a hurry, and I'm standing there with my son Dake, who is a handful himself at times. When he's excited, he's at his energy; he's just running around. And so I'm standing there in line, and all of a sudden, we're right up there. I mean, like we're there. This this nightmare is almost over, and then this ball-headed guy comes and he sticks this other. He sticks this other boy right in front of me. And I'm like, what in the world? And, man, I could tell he was worked up. And then I'm getting worked up. And, wait a minute. Sir, is this guy bothering you? Sir, could you stand up just a minute, sir? (laughs) This This is my new friend, Lloyd Hammond. And the funniest thing is... I. And Bo, I thank you again for this. This was Bo working again in my life, is that I, I made the comment about the bald-headed guy who broke in front of me. Bo sitting out there in the congregation that day, and he said instantly, it popped into his head, that's Lloyd. <laughs> that is Lloyd. It's got to be Lloyd. He leaves here, calls him, were you at the rec department? Yeah, I was at the rec department. He said, were, were you getting pictures? Oh, yeah. Come to find out the next Tuesday. I'm at home, minding my own business, getting ready for my wife's birthday party. And then I'm trying to get ready... Phone rings. I didn't hear it. Get a message. Brandon, this is Lloyd Hammond. Could you give me a call when you get a chance, please? Thank you. I call him. He says, hey, Brandon, I'm the little ball-headed guy that broke in front of you last Saturday. And so anyway, he's going to kill me, but I couldn't resist the opportunity, man. I just appreciate you, and I thank God that I got to meet him. He's an awesome guy. We ended up talking on the phone for 10 minutes. I don't know who apologized more, but, but we, were, uh, we just had a good time, and so I, I'm glad he's here today um, and, and a part of the, this conversation. Uh, church service that we're, we're having. I want to tell you, um, man, I got so much excitement this week and just especially since last night. I, I woke up at 5 o'clock this morning and I couldn't go back to sleep. You, know, have, have you ever woke up in the middle of the night and you never go back to sleep until like 10 minutes before your alarm goes off and then you get in this deep sleep? And that's what happened to me today. But I wake up at like 5 in the morning and, and what woke me up was this dream I had. And, you know, I talk about dreams a lot, but I really believe God speaks to us in our dreams. Sometimes he has to because it's not until we go to sleep and get still that he's got an opportunity. We're running so fast. We're going so fast. And I believe he speaks to me in dreams a lot. And and in my dream, this is kind of, it sounds kind of crazy, but I was in Harvey's. Of all places, I was in Harvey's and I'm walking into Harvey's and I'm standing there. And then this older couple comes running in and they run and they're just like frantic. They don't know what to do. And they're saying, you know, is anybody here that will pray for us? Is there anybody around here that will pray? Is there anybody that can help us? And I'm standing there and I look at them and I'm in Harvey's. I'm like, do we pray in Harvey's? And so I go up and I'm like, listen, I'll pray for you right now. And I grab them. and, And just the thing that was going over in my spirit was that they were in such bondage. They were in such need of God doing something in their lives. And they couldn't find anybody that would take the time to minister to them. I mean, they're just running around crazy. They're running around all over the place. And it's because the devil had such a hand on their lives. And they come in, and, and finally I pray for them. And, and in my dream, they both were touched. God touches their lives and sets them free. But I woke up and I could not go to sleep. And we have just really made... Chuck and Alice and I have really made a conscious effort to be praying for the city, to be praying for you guys, to be be praying for those who don't know Jesus. And I'm telling you, we are hitting the devil right in the mouth. And I want to encourage you, don't just pray in here. I want you to begin to speak your prayers for this city. And I believe that all of this is a result of those prayers, that God has really begun to burden our heart for the people of Statesboro and this surrounding area, that God longs and desires to see people to come to know Him. But I'm telling you, they are crying out and they are in desperate need of us to go and tell them about who he is and the love that he has for them. And so today, I want to encourage you with that. I want to tell you, and and we're looking at the the five purposes of the church, of every church. It's not just our church here at Connection, but every church. And we've talked about the first one last week, which was to worship God. Remember, we're, we're here to love God and love people. And love compels us to, and the first one was worship. This week, we're going to talk about the fact that love compels us to tell other people. Love compels us to not hold it in to ourselves. Can you imagine having the key to life? Can you imagine that if in the entire world, everybody's dying, but you know the secret to staying alive, and you took it to your grave? How devastating that the entire world would perish because we weren't willing to share The secret to life. And see, for those of us who know Christ, we know that secret. We know the plan of God. We know the way of salvation. And so that we have the ability to share that with people. But we've got to start sharing it, y'all. It's time that the church step up to the plate and begin to be the church. And I want to talk to you about that today before we go and have a a great lunch. I want to share this with you. The first uh, scripture I want to share with you is in Matthew chapter 3. Because I want to lay a, little, a quick foundation about how we begin to share what God has done in our life and, and what he's done for everybody he chooses to accept it. Matthew 3, chapter 11, it says, I, this is John the Baptist talking about Jesus coming. John the Baptist preparing the way. And it says in Matthew three eleven it says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now look over in Luke, chapter 24, beginning in verse 46. It says, He told them, that, he told them, this is what is written, The Christ will suffer, this is Jesus talking, and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, You are witnesses of these things. And listen to this. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The promise is the Holy Spirit. And we see that over in Acts chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. It says in verse 7, He said to them, It is not for you to know, this is Jesus. He said to them, This is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, Jesus was setting them up for an awesome encounter with God. He told them, you go and you wait until you receive power from on high. So they go and they sit in Jerusalem and in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes. They get filled with the Holy Spirit and then their lives are changed. They go out and they begin to move in the power of God you know, the one thing that we have done as a church is we have really treated the Holy Spirit like the redheaded stepchild. We have really... People love to talk about God the Father and they love to talk about Jesus and we need to do that. But I'm telling you people, if we're going to do the things... I like redheads. I've got a red son, Jesse. Don't be mad at me. But we... we if we're going to do the things that God has called us to do, I am telling you here today, we have got to be chock full of the Holy Spirit. Make no ifs, ands, or buts, and hear me clearly. It will be by the Holy Spirit, or it will be nothing. If God the Father is on the throne today, and Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand, then who does that leave down here working among us? The Holy Spirit. Do you know Jesus doesn't get mad if you talk to the Holy Spirit? He doesn't. When you talk to God the Father, the Son, or Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you are talking to God. And the Holy Spirit is here today to empower us to go and do the things that God has put us here to do. God's will is that none should perish, but we've got to be willing to go. We've got to be empowered to go. You know Jesus didn't even start his earthly ministry until he had been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Think about that. He's dipped down in the water, he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes upon him, and then he began to move in power. The disciples had no clue about their purpose. They had no clue about what they were doing. They were just as They, they had received Christ in that upper room. He said, "Receive the Holy Spirit blew on them, but until the day of Pentecost, there was no power for them to go and to do the things that they were supposed to do. But after Pentecost, nothing would stop them. They began to move in ways that were unbelievable. They begin to do things that were way beyond them. And listen, people, God desires for us to do things that are way beyond what we can do. I promise you this, whatever you think God wants to do through you, it's bigger. The Word of God says that that He will do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can think or imagine. So, Ryan, whatever you're thinking you're going to do in Boston, you need to open your mind and let God out of the box so that He can do what it is He wants to do. Because I can almost guarantee you, you're thinking too small. And I'm telling you, as we're in here today, people, there are 26,000 to 30-something thousand people who are in this city who need to know Christ. I'm believing God for 10% of them. You can call me crazy, but I believe it honors God and blesses God when He begins to see that we'll believe Him for things. I believe we can make such a... Listen, I believe we are called here Today, in this time, at this season, to transform a city. To transform a community. To link up with other churches and other brothers and sisters in Christ. And begin to hit the devil square in the mouth. I am telling you, it it is going to come. If we will humble ourselves and pray, then God will begin to move in awesome ways. And if we'll just come under Him and say, God, I can't do this another day without the power of Your Holy Spirit in my life. You know, the thing is, we, we get saved and we receive the Holy Spirit. But do you know the disciples themselves, the apostles themselves, received the Holy Spirit over and over again? They received it in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4. They all got together because they were being persecuted. They were running up against obstacles. And they all gathered together and they pray. And it says the whole place was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. That tells me that being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time occurrence. It's something that we need. We've got to be able to just come under that flow of God. And listen, it's not just a fountain that springs up in you as in John 4. It is living water that flows out of you. In John 7, He wants you to be overflowing with the Holy Spirit. So that we come under this and we begin to be filled with power. And I'm telling you, we cannot do this without power from on high. That's what Jesus promised. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will not leave you orphans. And so he gives us the Holy Spirit to go. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.14. Listen, it says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore... All died. And you can stay right there, but I want to read something to you. So that love compels us. It's the love of God that begins to cause us to go out and do these things. Why did Jesus come to die? Because God so loved the world that He sent His only Son. So listen to this in in Romans 8, 15 and 16. It says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by Him we cry out, Abba, Father, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. It is by the Holy Spirit that we receive the love of God. No one can even come to Jesus without having been drawn by the Holy Spirit. So that we understand the love of God because the love of God has been deposited in us by the Holy Spirit. Listen, we can't even understand the love of God until we have been filled with the Spirit of God. So it is a necessity. Listen, we walk around in condemnation. We walk around in guilt. We walk around feeling unworthy of being used by God. And the whole time God is sitting there trying to just pour in His love, pour in His love, pour in His love, and we just don't get it. We've got to be filled. We've got to be under the flow of the Spirit of God so that we can understand the, the vastness of His love. Listen, it's not, it's not the, the thread of hell and damnation that turns people today to Christ. It is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It is the love of God that changes hearts and changes lives. There were times in my life when I would go and I would do things and and I would get scared and, oh, I'd turn to God and, God, help me out. Pull out the little rabbit's foot. Come on, God, work for me, work for me, come on. Roll the dice. Maybe he'll work. But you know what? As soon as I was out of trouble, I was back doing my same old stuff. My same old thing, over and over again. But I want to tell you, when I ran headlong into the love of God, it changed my life forever. Forever. It was so much bigger than me being in trouble. It was so much bigger than than me having a need. It was just huge. And I began to live every day for God. Am I perfect at it? No. But am I growing in it? Yes. Because God's love is so huge. Back in 2 Corinthians, Five fourteen. listen to this. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Up in verse 5 it says this. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit, listen, as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Why are they confident? Why are they convinced? Because the Holy Spirit has been placed on the inside of them as a guarantee of what's to come for them in their life. Listen, if we're going to go out and we're going to begin to tell people about the love of God, we're going to begin to share with them the things of God, then we've got to be convinced about it ourselves. Listen, we need to ask ourselves, do I really believe what I say I believe? Because I want to ask you this, anybody in their right mind that believes their neighbor or their brother or their daddy or whoever it is is going to die and go to hell, how do we put our head on a pillow at night and go to sleep? If we really believe what we say we believe, we've got to ask ourselves and we've got to take a real hard look in the mirror and say, do I believe this? Because, see, here's the thing. When you experience the love of God and you begin to to, uh, um, I guess, start having the compassion of God in your life and you realize that this is the truth, because I know. And this is the funniest thing about this. How do you know that it's the truth? I don't know. I just know. How do you, because the Holy Spirit, there's something right here in my gut that just says, this is the truth. Well, you're crazy. How how do you know you're supposed to start a church? I just know. You're crazy. Okay, I'm crazy. But I just know. I just know. Well, how do you know you're supposed to sell a business? Don't you know you can't make it off of that kind of salary? Well, I just know. I know. So, when we come into this knowledge, it is enough to push us. The love of God and the knowledge that this is the truth and we believe what we say we believe, it is enough to push us beyond the awkwardness. It's enough to push us beyond what are they going to think of me? Come on, that's the biggest reason we don't tell people about Christ, isn't it? What if they think I'm a nut? We were out jogging the other day. We ran through a a part of the community. It's just a poor part of the community. And we're running through. And I'm like, man, we need to stop and talk to these people. And I'm just wanting to stop. And then I believe the devil sent this little dog after me. (laughs) I'm almost positive. Because Chuck and I are running. I mean, you got two fat guys running down the road. And we're running. Sorry, Chuck. And we're running. (laughs) And and this little dog, one of these little ankle biters, he's just like, he's just tearing up my ankles. You know, and I'm like, yeah, and 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 so I just wanted to just kick him, and and I really like I was trying to time it so a car would be coming by, just kick him right out there, and I was gonna go over there and be like, get some of that, you know, but it's just this dog just wouldn't leave us alone. But I just believe, you know, that I would have stopped sooner if if I've got to get this in my own heart. Listen, I'm not just telling you, I've got to get this in my own heart that I can, I've I, that this is bigger than me. This is eternal. Man, we've got to start telling people, man. People may breathe their last breath today and not know that Jesus is the way. And it's going to be the love of God poured out into their lives that lead them to that. We've got to begin to tell people. We've got to put our pride aside. Listen, I guarantee you, if I'd have turned around and said, In Jesus' name, get away from me, dog. I guarantee you, he would have turned around and ran. I just know it. You know, I believe it. I believe if if he'll save a donkey, he'll run a dog off. I know it. And so, so, and so, but but we've got to begin to believe it that God will do what He says He'll do. Listen, let's go Second uh, Corinthians five five through seven. We're going to be done here soon, shortly. It says this in five. I read five. We'll read on three to seven. It says now it is God who has made made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Listen to this. So we live by faith and not by sight. Listen, we've got to realize that the Word of God, the Gospel, is still powerful. We've got to realize that it still works today. That the Word of God is still living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. And that it penetrates to the heart. And it cuts to the heart. But we haven't seen that. Listen, we sell God short because we haven't seen it work. Think about it. When's the last time we really saw people getting saved? I I mean, I've seen one or two. But I mean, people really coming to the knowledge of God. It will happen. The Bible is still true and the Word of God is still powerful and effective. And God still longs and desires to work through that. And the Holy Spirit is what gives us that confidence to boldly stand up and begin to proclaim the love of God to other people. Listen, no one is outside the love of God. If God could save me, and I know if He could save Chad, He's big. I mean, He's big. Y'all don't know how big He is seriously, he is big. There's nobody that's outside the love of God. He can change any life. He can change any life that's sitting here today. He can change any life that's out there and set them free and heal them. But we've got to answer the call to go and begin to do these things. Romans 10, 15. I'm going to read 14 and 15 to you. It says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in, And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And listen to this. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And how can they preach unless they are sent? I tell you this, you've all been sent. And you haven't been sent by me. You haven't been sent by Connection Church. You've been sent by Jesus Christ himself that it was Jesus who said go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You have been sent. You are literally, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are the hands and feet of Christ. You are the tangible evidence of Jesus in this world. You get that? That's just it's hard to grab. But we are the tangible evidence of Jesus Christ in this world today. When we're full of the Spirit of God. So that it's not Chad Wiggins walking down the street. Or Troy Meeks or Bo Davidson. It's not um, Lloyd Hammond breaking in front of people in line. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. It's not, it's not You know me when, when I'm walking around Walmart mad. Especially on Sundays. But you go, it's, it's Jesus. We have to be the tangible evidence of Christ to people today. So that we literally fill with the Spirit of God. Become evidence that He is real. And you have been sent. And you've been sent to tell the good news to people. And if you feel like I can't talk to people, then then listen. God is the one who made you competent. If Moses could go do it, you can go do it. Moses had a stutter. Moses couldn't talk plain. But God still used him. And He equipped him with Aaron. And God will put people with you that will go with you. God will put people in your life that will encourage you. And you can go and do the things that God's called you to do. Last one. Then you can eat. Mark chapter 5. This is my favorite. Because if the body of Christ is lacking anything, this last point is what I believe we're lacking. And it's only by the Holy Spirit that we're going to get it back. Chapter 5 of Mark, verse 1. It says, They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. not Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me? Jesus, son of the most high God, swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Listen to this. Jesus comes into this new area. They've gone across this lake, and he gets out of the boat, and and then immediately this demon-possessed man begins to run at him. Now, I don't think it looked like David Hasselhoff running down the beach towards Jesus. This guy had been up in the hills cutting himself. He had been up in the hills naked. He, was, he wasn't even clothed. He wasn't in his right mind. Because later we see that he was clothed and in his right mind. And this guy is so full of demons that when he comes and he begins to come to Jesus, he's just out of his mind. I mean, his hair had to be crazy. I mean, come on, this dude's li- living in the hills. He hadn't had a bath. Probably hadn't brushed his teeth. He hadn't done anything. I doubt when you got all these demons, I mean, you're called Legion. You worry about brushing your teeth a whole lot but he looked wild i mean he had to have a crazy look in his eye and jesus gets out of the boat and this guy begins to run at him and the most awesome thing to me is that jesus just stands his ground he didn't back down i mean come on now i'm telling you i would have been tempted to be like all right boys let's get back in the boat i mean i would have been tempted to be like okay thus says the lord we should get in the boat and go back to the other side come on You know what I mean? I mean, that would have been my first inclination. But Jesus just stands there. And I can just see Jesus in all the calm. I mean, they had just come across the sea where the storm was just going crazy. Jesus is asleep in the boat. Everything's just going to hell in a handbasket around him. He's asleep. And don't you know, he's just calm The sea and he gets out and here comes this guy. He's like, my goodness, can't catch a break, you know? And so here he comes. He's coming running and Jesus just stands there. And the most awesome thing to me is that when the, the demon-possessed man finally gets to Jesus, he just falls at his, on his knees and he begins to just beg him, please don't torture me. Because, see, I believe this, and this, this is just a Brandon thing. You take it, pray about it, see if you believe it. But I believe that the only tactic that the devil has is if he can scare you. And I believe when Jesus stood his ground and he stood there and he looked, and I believe as crazy of a look as that legion guy had in his eyes, I believe Jesus just had this awesome look in his, man. I can just, God, that's awesome. I can just see him standing there with this look like, bring it. You know? Just bring it. Because I know what's inside of me is bigger than what's inside of you. And so he comes and he falls at his knees. And I mean, he's just sitting there. And he's just, please don't torture me. Please don't torture me. But listen, here's the thing is the devil comes at you. But if you don't flinch, he's got nothing for you. The only tactic he has is to make you afraid. But filled with the Holy Spirit, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Come on, you can look anything in the eyes when you're filled with the power of God. And when you're filled, listen, you are the hands and feet of Christ. You are the embodiment of Christ. When he commissioned you, he gave you authority to go. And so now that you can stand there and you can look the demon possessed man in the eye and say, bring it. Because I know what's on the inside of me is bigger than what's on the inside of you. I know that when I look into this person's eyes, and man, I can tell there's things going on in their life that's not right. I know that there's something on the inside of me that can help them. And there's something that will rise up inside of you. And all of a sudden, the compassion for the person becomes greater than their issues. I mean, come on, this is the Son of God. This is the God Himself. And He took the time to minister to a man that had so many demons that His name was Legion. And so we come to this place when we're filled with the Spirit of God that we can, we can begin to minister to people out of compassion, even when they've wronged us, even when they've done things to us that just aren't right. But it's all about the Spirit of God. It's about the Holy Spirit being all in you, filling you to overflowing. Legion came and he fell on his knees. And the most awesome thing about this is that at the end it says that they found him. Clothed and in his right mind. Listen, if you think your life was messed up, I doubt any of you in here are so filled with demons that you're as bad off as Legion was. Maybe you are. If you are, we, we can deal with that too. But I do want to say this. No matter where you are, God is big enough to leave you thankfully closed and in your right mind. God is big enough to change your life and to touch you. He's big enough to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can minister to those whom He puts in front of you. And it will work. God is big, He's powerful, and He wants people to come to know Him. And I guarantee that we all have these doubts of God. What are you really going to do? But when He does it, we'll be amazed. If we'll just be obedient to follow Him. But God's calling us to a place of being filled with the Spirit of God. To be continually filled. Day after day being filled. To stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit that's in us. To be able to go out and do the things He's called us to do. Because without the Spirit of God, it's up to you and I. It's up to us and our ability. And that just ain't going to get it. I know what I'm capable of. But I also know that God's capable of a lot when I let Him work through me. And I don't do it myself. Amen.